The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Welcome back. As I said to you prior to those messages, we do have a special interview at this point in time. We welcome back a gentleman. He's been with us here before to discuss, to discuss some of the very serious things that we see unfolding before us. Let's welcome back to our program here this morning, President of the Prison Officers Association, Jerry Gordon. Good morning to you. Hi, good morning, Satish. Nice to have you with us here this morning again. Um, we see some things taking place on the national landscape that... Uh, make us sit up and take notice once again and question whether or not we've come full circle with some of these things that we discussed. There was a, an incident recently in which a prison officer was shot and killed, or he subsequently died, yeah. um, in Arima, and that has again raised concerns about some of the perils that um, prison officers are confronted with in doing their job. In this instance, um, let's begin by putting some, some perspective to the discussion. This incident in which this prison officer was shot and killed in Arima, is there anything to suggest that this may have been related to his job? Um, our position, morning again, Satish, morning to your listeners. Um, our position remains one, which is this. Once you engage in that environment, once you work in that environment, it is a very... Um, high possibility, and in this case, based on some of the information that we have, it is um, our belief, and when I say our, meaning the Prison Officers Association, mm -hmm. that yes, his murder is a direct result of him being a prison officer. That's, that's scary. Um, now, when you, you say that um, his death is directly linked to him being a prison officer, how so? Well, the thing about it is that it's no secret. Uh, the media will be our witness. The public will be our witness um, for probably just over two decades. The Prison Officers Association um, has been speaking about the dangers of the job, um, the challenges that we face, and, and some of the contributing factors to why we find ourselves in this peculiar situation. And I say peculiar because if one were to take a glance at other um, correctional um, organizations throughout the world, they'll be hard-pressed to find another state where prison officers are murdered with the sort of impunity that happens in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what is important to note is that many years ago we, we coined a phrase where we said that an attack on a prison officer is an attack on the state. And if we look at the current environment in Trinidad and Tobago, prison officers, the normal citizen, businessmen, everyone currently is under attack mm -hmm. and under siege. And um, it, it, is, it is beyond sad that notwithstanding um, over the years making a, num making a number of um, suggestions, not saying that we expect a magic wand to be waved and all of a sudden this stop. What we're saying is that all citizens are under siege and as such, we believe that the state has a very intimate role in ensuring that all of us 
feel safe. And because of where we operate, of course, there'll be some peculiarities with some of the things they would roll out. But currently, I don't think anybody, any Trinidad and Tobagoian citizen who is traversing the streets, getting up, going to work, coming back home, and going about their, their daily duties could tell me that they feel safe. And, and to me, it, uh, it, it, uh, it's a bigger issue um, more than the prison. The, the, the prison is a microcosm of the greater society. And when we saw these things happening years ago, because I, I have just over 25 years service, and um, in that time, you're talking about 22 officers, almost one for every year of service, being murdered. And more so when you look at the murders that are happening just generally in society, it, it paints a very bleak and sad picture where it seems that the authorities that be are either clueless or helpless to really convey to the public, not only prison officers, but the public of Trinidad and Tobago, that their safety is of paramount importance to them. For those of you who may have now joined our conversation, we are speaking about some of the issues confronting the prison population with President of the Prison Officers Association, Jared Gordon. There's, I've been look, I've, well, I've had the opportunity to look at some, some I don't want, well, the documentaries really mm. about correctional facilities in other parts of the world yes. and how they treat with different things. Yes. You know, a prison is a vi- is is a vibrant. Yes, it is. Uh, many people think that a jail is uh, you, you lock up people inside as the internet, but there are so many things that take place within a prison wall, mm-hmm. behind prison walls. If you understand them, you 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 might get a glimpse into some of the challenges that the prison authorities face. One of those in one of the videos that I looked at, um, one of the challenges that they had was communication. Yes, because that's how criminals continue to carry out nefarious activities. Yes, communication. Yes. Um, and we have a real problem with that here mm-hmm. because we've seen the videos where them boys and them living it up in prison, they have more better Wi-Fi and data than we seem to have on the outside. And you see them drinking and partying and music and all that kind of thing. And people ask, you, well, how, how something like that, something like that has happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the first question the population would have. Yes. I remember when Prakash Ramara was Minister of Legal Affairs. That was under the People's Partnership Administration 2010 to 2015. We had been told in the last year, I think it was 2014 or one of those years, that they'd invested 20-something million dollars in, in, in scanners or scrambles or some kind of technological e- equipment yes. to prevent this very same thing from happening yes. in the prisons. What's going on? Okay, so I'm glad that you did a little research. Mm-hmm. And, of course, whatever video you saw would have been possibly a first world um It was country. definitely developed country. Nice. Yeah. Um, there is no prison correctional facility in the world who is not faced with the challenges that we face. What happens is that it's a continuous interaction. It's a continuous battle. And I always um, go back to, I did, um, I went to one of those fairs um, some years ago with the American Correctional Association. And I sat in on one of their sessions, which 
spoke specifically about that proliferation of cell phones within <coughs> sorry the prison environment and who beyond to us back then the 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 development of technology to attempt to to stop this they were doing all sorts of things they had jammers they had scanners they had grabbers they had something called managed access um, where the prison itself will set up its own cellular network and if the phone is not an authorized phone because of course you understand you have senior staff and whatnot in the environment then it would um the call would not go through. But one thing that the presenter said is that don't for one minute believe that prisoners or inmates are stupid. They are very, very intelligent. Don't believe that they are not on the cusp of what is happening and finding all manner and various ways to 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 undermine or to get what they want because at the end of the day what they want is to be free the issue for us in trinidad and tobago is that we need to maintain a constant um, pressure as it relates to that and that to some degree is what we are doing but we are surely not where we should be in attempting but i'm saying all of this to say that I, you know, I and all see the comments. They say, so how the phones get inside? And, you know, when they go down a particular road, they, they want to speak as if it's only the prison officer. And, yes, we have some errant um, members of staff, just like any other organization. The, the thing, the difference with prison, at least in the Trinidad and Tobago prison service, is that when you have somebody who is not doing what they're supposed to do, it could have... Um, deadly consequences for the other members of staff and I'm sure there are other industries that are similarly circumstanced but we have to be consistent the prison prison officers are the ones who investigate prison officers we have an intelligence unit and we are really these guys really are um, always trying to get ahead mm. of what these people attempt to do. You see, it just to the to the, to the average individual. Okay, let's take myself. If I continue to be told that here well, we are prisoners who behind bars, yes, still running the block outside, yeah, still calling shots on this one and that one and that from inside jail, yeah, um, people who are deemed to be the gang from inside jail simply because they have the ability to connect with the outside. It seems to be a common sense approach that, well, let's cut the connectivity. So that if they can't connect with the people outside, it stands to reason that it will be more difficult for them to do some of these things. Is, is it just that simple? Because I know, I know for a fact the technology exists. Yes. I've been on my television days, which was 10, 12 years ago, I, I've, I went to raids with the police where there was no cell service in the area. Yes. 
And and I realized that to myself because I tried to make a call back to the office and can't make a call. Yes. And only then I realized, well, here now, they cut the cell service to this area, which says, and this is about 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. So the technology, why can't we just cut all the connectivity around the jail and them and say, well, here we're going, all the fellas inside, we're going to use no cell phone, or can't call nobody. Well, that question would be better posed to the technocrats and, and maybe even... The Minister of National the Security. Of National man, I beg that man to come on this program and he doesn't just doesn't want to come. Now, I don't I don't know why you are such well, a nice host. No, you, you, you well, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so as well. I think I'm a nice person. But it's difficult to get answers from the people who are yeah. the decision but makers. But I'll tell you this. When, you know, a lot of um, blame is, there's enough blame to go around for everybody. Oh, but is that something that but prisons can do or do you need no, somebody else we, to do the it? The thing about it is that we have no control. Even those things that are currently um, utilized in the environment more than possibly the body scanners and stuff that we um, have the scanners that those officers use at the gate but when it comes to those things you're talking about um, the jammers the prison service has no control over the use um, of those um, implements we have no control as it relates to the metering um, at what frequency is utilized. We don't have any control over that. There's another agency um, that deals with that. So here we are still... Who's, which is the other agency? I, I'm not... Some one, of the ministry, some one of the agencies within the Ministry of National Security, you know, uh, they uh, treat with that. Th that that's, that's so unfortunate. You would think that something so integral to getting the job done properly would be within the remit of the prison service, or at least you'd have some kind of influential say in what happens there. Because I, I spoke to, to someone who works within the prison system some time ago, in, in a very informal setting. Mm -hmm. And this was one of the, because it was, a, I think, some prison officer had been killed recently. So the discussion was, was hot on the, uh, off the press. And I was asking him, I said, well, what are they going on with this thing? What, why is it a situation where prisoners continue to have that kind of contact with the outside world? It just seems to be a common sense thing. Well, if they're talking to people on social media and this and that, let's cut those ties and immediately we reduce the ability to, to conduct these nefarious activities. But then you have to remember too that not only um, cell phones are used, um, prison um, has its own language also. And in the past, we have had where we realized that the inmate may have gotten a visit. And he's talking to his wife or his girlfriend or his brother or whatnot, and they're talking in code. And they would speak. We had an officer who lost his life, the, 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 the um, officer who would have been paying attention to the visit, just found it a, a, a bit strange, some of the things that they were saying. And he still reported that, you know, possibly we need to um, look at this. The thing is that our issue is not um, a prison issue, it's a societal issue, and I'm saying that in the sense of this. In other jurisdictions, you have officers who um, die behind the walls of the prison. While on duty, there's a riotous situation or some sort. But the fact that they believe, meaning the criminal element, that killing a prison officer we are just part of all of the people that they believe that they could simply get rid of and kill. 
witnesses are murdered with impunity. We see in what is happening even in their own um, back and forth and, and, and all that is happening with all this gang and, and gang warfare. You, you see that we, we lost some high officials when we talk about Miss um, Sita Aldina Sita Hal, you're seeing that in our country, what is the real issue is that we have a criminal element that is so emboldened that it doesn't matter if it's a government official, it's a prison officer, it's Tanti by the shop, it's whoever. And we seem impotent as a state to push back against what is an assault on all of us. That's those words that you're using. They're the very same words that I used this morning. Because I have, I, I've been on this program for a number of years, and we have in the same discussion every year. Every year about crime and about this and about that and who don't want to help and who's scoring political points and while the big boys, the, you know, there's a saying that when elephants fight it's the grass that gets trampled yes and that's what's going on correct because we have the, po the politicians on both side of the fence one side of the fence whichever side of the fence you want to talk about mm -hmm. that continue to have their own opinion as to what should take place and we're not going anywhere no and, and what you're talking about you're talking about this whole societal thing and everything else i hear that you know i do and and there is some validity to that to, to that discussion not argument but I just, because of some of the people that I, I speak to who are involved in various elements of national security, yes. I am honestly of the opinion that we can do more with what is available. Yes, we can. But we just choose not to. And I asked the question this morning, we need to figure out why the choice is not to act more. And, and, and what, what answers do you get to that question? The Prison Officers Association has made numerous suggestions over the years. Um, even recently, under um, this current executive, you see where we are writing. We wrote about the same jammers and the effect. We wrote about no telephone system within. Because the fact of the matter is that we are, we're treating with human beings, even the issue of prison officers, because when I go to work, I um, I can't have my phone. If I do the jammers, I'm mm -hmm. doing what they're supposed to do, but I have a family. How, how is my wife to contact me? And if she does manage to get through the, the, the maze, that is the, the, the PBX, or to, to get on to me, it may be too late if there is some sort of emergency. It's just to report that, hey, something has happened. And we have spoken about moving um, the dormitories where officers rest from off of the prison and within the prison walls so that the officer is free to, if he has studies to do, he has to make a call, whatnot. Of course, when he's coming into the prison, he cannot have anything, and we fully support that. But... We even had a security initiative that we came up with along with a security company. Uh, we worked out all of the logistics and just needed the support of the state. That support was not coming. Mm. You're talking about we don't have uniforms. We don't have the proper tools. We looked on where they talk about body cams. For the police, where are our body cams? Because the fact of the matter is that we believe that more so it's a... Um, behavior modification 
tool with if the inmates possibly understand that, listen, they are being recorded. The officer and all knows that his interaction while on duty is being recorded, that we could see a change in behavior. And, and nothing is happening, and, and we continue to hear um, people will be coming within a year looking for our work again. And they're going to be saying all manner of things while they continue to ignore um, the cries of this particular group and other groups within society. It is truly a, 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 a disheartening situation, one which I hope not to get to the point of being um, hopeless, mm. but it is very discouraging uh, when one recognizes that by all accounts that our lives truly do not matter and are of no importance. Um, and just to sojourn just a little bit, um, we would have met Chujetam, of which we are part of, with um, the director, of, I believe, of the International Labor Organization. And in those discussions, you know, I had to tell him that prison officers are not workers. Do you know that, Satish? You know, prison officers are not workers. Anybody who is deemed essential is not a worker because a worker has specific rights. We can't protest. We cannot um, down tools due to, to, to let it be known that we are not pleased with the working environment. So we are simply slaves who receive a salary. And that is the fact not only for us, but for the police and for nurses and for fire officers and any other, the, the military, anybody who finds themselves under that essential <coughs> services banner. And you see it even now. You recognize that they truly, and when I say they, and you said it, whether it be this um, government or the next, really and truly, they do not care about this particular group of people. We'll get a lot of um, lip service, but that certainly does not transition into being properly outfitted and being treated with a level of dignity that we deserve. Yeah, it's, it's worrisome that um, some of the things you outlined um, as having put forward proposals or written about or so on and, and have um, still in abeyance, it, it's, it's worrying. Yes, it uh, is. Prison officers, because of the job, the nature of the job, yep. uh, it, it's a risk. Uh, I, I, I remember there was recruitment some time ago and I, I passed by um, in a rook and you, if you see people, mm -hmm. if, you, if you see cars and this, and I, I thought to myself that these are young men vying, f jostling for a, a limited space of jobs to get into one of the most dangerous professions that they can, at least in this country at this point yes, in time. Correct. Um, and it, it, it was really an eye-opener that there is still that level of interest in persons wanting to become prison officers based on what we're seeing. Yes. One was killed recently. One of the most harrowing ones that we, we've seen in recent times was the gentleman, I think it was in Zipari, who was holding his daughter's hand. Correct, is right. And who was Jones. shot. That, as a father myself, a father of a daughter, I, I mean, it, it touched me more than it would normally would yes. because I thought of this child and what this child had to go through. You can imagine that. Um, and, and that... If nothing highlighted how dangerous the job is, that would have. 
let's take a couple calls but before before we take the calls there's there's something that i wanted to ask it's a it's a discussion we've been having all the while and it's on the issue of polygraph testing for persons members of the protective services ministry of national security and all those things that bill went back to parliament again what is the prison officers association's position on this 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 thrust to have members of national security prison officers polygraph Oh, well, for me, um, because to be fair, this is not a discussion um, that I've had with um, the current executive. So I'll be careful to right. speak. Right. You're <laughs> speaking on your behalf, on my not, behalf. not the exact. Okay, I understand that. <laughs> right. Um, I have no issue. My issue is that I want to polygraph the politicians. You see, we have a, 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 a problem in this country, I call it um, the animal farm theologies that apply. The thing about it is, in engaging any sort of law enforcement um, work, of course you want the best people. And you want people who certainly could be tested. I have no problem with that. But I'm also saying that the people who want to impose this, they too need to subject themselves because the offices in which they operate, we also need good people there and, are people, and people who could be tested. So I'm not minded at all to want to agree with any rollout of such policy if politicians, ministers, permanent secretaries, and the such are not added to that list in relation to a polygraph testing. Let's, let's take a couple calls. Hello, good morning. Morning, Satish. And mm. your guests are calling from Shagonas. I agree with the gentleman that politicians need to, uh, to set the example by polygraphing themselves. But I'm going to tell the gentleman, you, you know, I, I really use the word never. You're going to not with these politicians we have in this country. Because everybody wants to protect the, the, the doings in the dark. Right? So they don't want to bring that to light. I want to ask the gentleman, why doesn't um, prison officers wear full masks in, um, in the prisons? And um, because I see in Russia where the prison service is very effective, um, they have anytime they they deal with prisoners, they, the bad ones especially, they have a dog, and they, every prison officer wears masks. So that should that is another piece of legislation that should be considered if it needs a decision like that to pass. And um, the cameras, as you say. The camera should be implemented throughout the prison. Yes. You know, so there's a lot of a lot that needs to be done. And I hope that, you know, the prison association could lobby the government what whatever little funds they have through media or whatever it is. You know, to bring awareness to the public so that the public pressure will, will spur the politicians on to do these things. Because when you have people getting prison officers getting killed and whatnot because of their job. That is real unacceptable and careless 
You see, I just always tell people, the politicians and them had a security, you know, so they don't really care about anybody else. Right? So when you hear this gentleman, when people get in, kill all over um, prison officers, because they don't, you know, because of the nature of the job. You know, it's real unfortunate that this day and age, you don't have a, you don't have full cameras in a prison. It's real unfortunate. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you so much for your call. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Satishan. Good morning to the prison officers' representatives. So, I wonder, say this to you. As far as I know, no one in Trinidad and Tobago has to be a prison officer. And if you are a prison officer, we expect you to conform with the rules. If somebody wants to come to become a prison officer and they want to open their own minimat, they want to have relations with the prisoner's family and all them kind of thing, that person should not be there. Because what he is in doing, sir, he's endangering you and other good prison officers who come there to do their duty. Agreed. What do you do to root out these individuals from the prison service? Yes. From these persons who come there with their own agendas, which endanger the lives of other good prison officers? Yes. And I want to ask you one other question that has been bedeviling me for a very long time. Sure. Why hasn't your association raised hell move heaven and earth to find out how eight years ago prison or prisoners broke out of the port of spain prison mm-hmm. with sort of gun sort of shotgun a submachine gun hand grenade went outside the prison kill a police officer and escape into the city mm-hmm. how they got those things inside of there exactly aren't you calling for an investigation and inquiry into this madness I listen to your comments. Well, that yes. matter has been investigated. Yeah. Not, the and, but, you know, just uh, um, the caller made some very important points, and I want to make it abundantly clear that the Prison Officers Association and its members certainly are very aware of the need to get rid of those rogue elements, and we support that. We support that fully. The the other issue concerning that jailbreak, we would have, I would have made suggestions, we would have written. We are still saying that that investigation somehow um, didn't bring forth the sort of information and facts that we think were important as the caller is saying, who did it? Who brought those things in? I work at Port of Spain Prison currently, and I can tell you that that is a consistent worry for me working in that environment because it, to me it has, it has not finished. Um, so certainly, Cole, I, I, I take um, that advice, and I most certainly will be um, requesting that an investigation be reopened into that whole entire um, incident. Um, that happened eight years ago. We're almost out of time for the interview, but let's just l- focus on uh, some of the things moving forward immediately. Uh, what are some of the issues that the Prison Officers Association would like to see addressed with haste? There's so much. Um, the first issue would be the issue of both the arming, well, the training and arming of prison officers, the provision for 
proper safe housing for officers, the issue of improvement and upgrade of all prison facilities, because currently we are in a process um, where the OSHA agency is doing its rounds of inspections of all the facilities, um, ensuring that officers have the tools to do their job. It cannot be that we are in 2024 and you're telling me an officer cannot get his uniform or his uniform entitlement. There are many, many others that I know that it tie with the law, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, um, but certainly we would be engaging um, our principals as we have been in writing and seeking meetings to try and address some of these long-standing issues. Let's, let's take what might be our final call for the interview. Hello, good morning. A pleasant good morning, Satish, and a pleasant good morning to the gentleman. Um, sir, I'll just mention to you that um, I am a judicial officer and many times I um, visit the prison in um, company with the police. Yes. What I have seen is that the, all of us, we have to uh, your, your hand up your firearm, your hand up everything, you are properly searched. Yes. Even prin- prison officers coming to work are searched properly. Yes. So therefore, it means that there's a system to search everybody. Yes. How come, therefore, that these uh, uh, illegal things get into the prison? I thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that is um, a continued um, problem. What we have is that we have at Port of Spain Prison, um, people will toss things over the wall. Um, the other thing that has become even more prevalent now is the, the use of drones and drones technology to drop things off at the prison. Um, we have to be, and this is why I was talking earlier about we have to be ever vigilant and always you know, seeking to do something and be better at what it is we do. But the, the criminal element and the people who support them, um, they are unrelenting in trying to get things into the prison. They will plant things. Years ago, I worked at the estate at Golden Grove Prison, and if it were not for um, probably one or two of the, the, the inmates who I worked with, they were able to alert me, hey, Mr. Gordon, you know, X, Y, Z, look out for this. Better we don't go out, you go. And I went, and just as they said, is where they had stashed these items. So there's always an attempt to bring things into that environment that we constantly have to be addressing. Mm, yeah, and it, it seems as though um, the more you talk, is, is the more questions are raised, the more questions remain unanswered. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, that's a worrying thing uh, for, for many reasons. I mean, I know persons who are involved in prisons. I know people who are involved in in other arms, as I said, of national security, and they all lament that they believe more can be done. Yes. And they all lament that they believe more can be done with what is available at this point in time. For whatever reason, we just we just don't seem to be making the kind of progress that we need to in matters like these, in matters that are so important. And I, I understand the prison's system and some of the things that they intend to do because I've spoken to the prison's commissioner, this one and others, about restorative justice and, and ensuring that the prison prisoner doesn't just come then as housed for a number of years that you try to rehabilitate them and make them better citizens and all those things. But it's a work in progress. Um, but it just seems as though the progress is taking a really long time for us to get to where we want to be. And I want to thank you this morning, um, President of the Prison Officers Association, Jared Gordon, for being with us. Our, our discussions are many times... Um, I don't want to say disturbing, 
but they they leave us with a sense that listen things definitely aren't where they need to be correct and they need to be fixed one way or the other when we speak to fire services you get the same thing from the Rampa. when you speak to others from from this one and down and the next one and the other customs and coast guard and yeah everybody telling you the so, same thing so it, it leaves you to wonder really and truly um, I, I know some people were, were very upset by the call that was made by my general secretary in relation to the to the minister of national security but we are operating in a space that it it, 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 it seems that it's just imbued with hopelessness because if you ask i ask the previous president asked the president before that asked all these people are asking and agitating and advocating for positive change and yet nothing happens where are we really going that's probably the um, before of another discussion but we, we're out of time the best insight instant feedback accountability the all-new talk radio freedom 106.5